Hello, listeners of Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show. This is Simon Miller. Thank you very much for joining me today. Very annoyingly, I actually recorded this podcast a week ago. As soon as it was done, you if you follow me on other platforms, you may know, I got very, very sick as I'm talking to you now. I am still very, very sick, and it is making me... Uh, well, it's making my workload very hard to do, but I did want to get this interview up all the same because it's uh, what I believe to be a very interesting chat with a wrestling promoter over in the United States, someone I'm hoping to work with in the future. And he just gives us an incredible look into how you run a wrestling promotion, how you deal with egos, you know, payoffs, the industry in general. But it does have a lot of time-sensitive stuff that should have gone up last Tuesday. But alas, uh, that's life. Uh, I won't get into my uh, my own woes. So I don't think anybody needs that disgusting information, but I do apologize. I will try and get a more up-to-date one done yesterday. But as patrons know, when we did the Q&A yesterday, it was a very intermittent experience. So once again, apologies from the desk of Simon Miller, but do enjoy uh, enjoy this chat. I thought it was pretty damn good. Live from Parts Unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon's Pro Wrestling Show. My name is Simon and this is a pro wrestling show coming off the back of WWE Fastlane, which went down all of 16, 18 hours ago. I don't know. What does it matter? You're probably not even listening to this the day it goes live in correspondence to when the pay-per-view was. We have talked about Fastlane over the last few weeks, kind of just like officially the bastard child of WrestleMania. They just got in the way. And I think what we learned from that event, as we're going to talk about, is we basically set up a bunch of matches for WrestleMania, and then we had to get through Fastlane. However, there were a bunch of talking points. Uh, thank you to everyone that signed up to Patreon this week, patreon.com forward slash Simon316. Without you, I wouldn't be able to do the show. So I do appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. And actually, today, uh, we have a very special surprise. It's been a while since we've had somebody on the show. Again, if you're a patron, you know the reasons why, so I won't go into it again here. But all the way from the United States of America, and we have a very exciting... Um, story to tell i suppose but we'll get to it it's my man joachim joachim how you doing today my friend i'm excellent man how you doing simon thank you for having me on i really appreciate it oh dude no do not get me wrong like me me and uh, me and joe here we've been talking we've been talking for a while and uh, i wanted to get him on the show because he is the promoter owner director ceo whatever other word we use now when it comes to <laughs> professional wrestling for battle, uh, battle club pro which is a, a wrestling promotion out in new york and essentially what happened was this i will tell the story and then i, I want to hear about the the origins of the of the stuff as well because as a guy that has worked for promoters i know how hard it is to run a wrestling company but around about a year ago we got in touch with each other and we came up with this awesome plan that i was going to come over and i was going to i was going to debut for the for the promotion and then something called coronavirus <laughs> the worst thing to ever happen especially if you want to be a professional wrestler came all the borders were closed down and for me personally, this came back off, you know, my, my whole plan that I had in sort of February last year was WrestleMania weekend, which is essentially now we're going to go to um, Florida and we're going to wrestle Sammy Callahan. Then we're going to come back Then we're going to go back to New York, which is my favorite place in North America. And then we're going to do a match there. And my whole goal 
my goal for 2020 was have multiple matches in America. And I thought two counts as multiple. <laughs> Therefore, I'm going to do it. And here we sit, Miller, what's your title? It's a grand title of zero. So before we get into all of that and, you know, kind of how it affected you as well, tell me about Battle Club. Tell me about how it all came together. Because you've had a lot of success. I mean, not just in terms of the shows you've run, but in terms of the personnel that have come through your doors. Well, uh, so Battle Club Pro started in the Bronx. It was originally founded by my partner, Carlos Aristi. Um, just a little backstory on him. He trained at House of Glory, and he realized that in New York, the production value of in, uh, independent wrestling was low. So he wanted to change that. So he did. He started doing stuff for House of Glory, uh, Tier 1 Wrestling out here, and smaller promotions. Uh, and then some larger ones like Wrestle Pro and Creative Pro. Um, and then he just... You know, you know how it is in wrestling on the whim. Yo, I, I think I can do this. And he he, he thought up Battle Club Pro. Uh, he and I would always argue, actually, over Facebook. <laughs> and it's, it's hysterical. He argued that Ryback was going to be the main man going forward. And I would argue that Punk was the better option. CM Punk was the better option. And we would just continue to get into each other uh, with that with the, uh, with that argument. Uh, he had filmed Coke Cabana uh, at House of Glory once, and then we became kind of friends. So when he thought of, uh, about running Battle Club Pro, he was like, hey, Joe, I want you to be uh, commentary. And, you know, this is literally, uh, I work in education, so I was at a charter school at the time, and they were closing down. So it's like, okay, my profession is going down the drain. I don't know what job I'm actually going to do. Hell, why not? Let's just Take a shot. So I was like, sure, I'll, I'll do commentary. And, you know, as it, as time went by, I didn't see much. So I was like, okay, maybe this was just a, a joke or whatever. And then the, the promo picks started coming out, the graphics, the matches. And I'm like, okay, this is real. So I hit him up and I'm like, I don't want to just be on commentary. Like, I would like to be a partner. What is it going to take? And from that point on, I was attached to his hip. Whether we were going to Pennsylvania, or Connecticut, Jersey, wherever we would go, I would do, I would be there you know, from the, the break of dawn until past midnight, three, four in the morning, moving the ring, just me and him uh, setting up, you know, taking wrestlers back and forth. Uh, and then, you know, the responsibility started to grow on my behalf. So I went from just commentary to booking a couple of matches here and there to booking the majority of the talent to literally right before a show in, in 2018 in July in the Bronx, as we're about to go through the curtain and I have Brian Pillman Jr. next to me <laughs> and Carlos looks at me, he goes, Oh, by the way, I'm done. This is yours now. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and he goes out to the curtain. And I'm just like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> Pillman, Pillman grabs me by the show. He goes, looks like you're in charge kids. And then we go out and we have a great show. And, and so what, what essentially what happened was he felt he took it to a height where he was happy, but he knew we could grow more. But he was also at a point where he wanted to expand his family and he realized having Got it. multiple kids and running a company might not be conducive. So he, he, he felt he trained me well enough to, to continue. And I've done everything I can to bring it to new heights and bring it as, as, you know, as far as I can. And I want to keep growing. That's badass, man. That's a great story. Yeah. And, you, and you have the twist of the tale, which is you just get it from nowhere. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, you know, I went from commentary, you know, uh, you know, and I hope no one's offended by, by this language, but like but between my friends and I, they would call me Spick McMahon because it was like I went from commentary to, to owning it in the blink of an eye. And it's just like, it, it surprised me. Um, 
but man, like, yeah, it was, it was a whirlwind. And, you know, there's always these crazy stories, like eating pancakes with Sue Young at 3 a.m. in the Bronx, <laughs> like walking, walking the streets, you know, with just wrestlers, uh, just at, you know, in Connecticut, like 4 a.m. And people just looking at us like, what the hell's going on with these guys? Oh, I know. So yeah, it, it's been crazy, you know, uh, putting the ring back into its storage while it's raining cats and dogs at 4 a.m. But I, it's been a whirlwind and I, I love it, man. I love it. And yeah, I, as big of a headache as it is, I couldn't have wished for anything more in my life. Totally, man. Honestly, you hit the nail on the head because all aspects of wrestling are really, really cool. Like depending on what grabs your fancy, but you've got to be passionate about it because no one ever sees the, again, putting up the ring, putting away the ring, like trying to pay all the wrestlers, trying to keep the wrestlers calm, the traveling and everything like that. And it's not, you know, no one makes you do it, but it's still, it still can be hard, right? You can have some days like, man, this, this, this is really difficult. Cause I know, I mean, luckily because I got into wrestling so late, I kind of knew the the ins and outs. And I knew that you help build the ring. You help take the ring down. You don't just come and leave for your match. But you see some guys come in, of course they don't have any clue. And they're kind of taken aback. Like, but I just want to, I just want to wrestle. It's like, dude, that's, that's not how this works, man. It's a team effort. Like, I think that's the cool thing about it. It's a real team effort where nothing happens unless everybody kind of comes together, right. which is the same, which is the same as a match. What we think we've got to do, man, is because you've already mentioned Brian Pillman and Sue Young. Everyone likes name drops, dude. You got to drop me some more names about who's passed through your, your, your hallowed entrance. Oh man. So two of my absolute favorite people, because they've remained in contact regardless of their heights uh, is Mia Yim and Diamante. Yeah, cool. um, I, I, I vividly remember meeting both of them because it was just like this energy. I was like, okay, something is radi radiating off these people that is more than just being great talent, uh, great talent, great person. It's like, there's, there's deeper. There's a, there's a star level quality there that goes beyond just being an amazing face on pro wrestling. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so like, those are two of my personal favorites, but you know, the really, I've got a relationship with Big Swole. Uh, when she came for uh, WCW1, our, our show in 2019, all women's show, um, we were hanging out because we had some time to spare. And I got, I got her some donuts from Doe, which is like a famous place down in Brooklyn. And she was just like, Joe, Joe, just, you just keep bringing these and I'll keep working with you. <laughs> um, but, you know, you know, from from your uh, from your end of the world, We've we've have, we've worked with British Strong Style, which is uh, really really great. That was our biggest crowd to date, and you know it was crazy because that show happened in my uh, middle school gym. So I love like, it. I love it. I love it. High school circle, man. Yeah. Right. And so it's like you know usually we would do we would do something in the Bronx or Jersey. This place is across the street from me as we speak. So it's like this is the greatest. I mean, I still had to be up early earlier than everyone else, but it's like, hey, I can walk. <laughs> to you know, these places back and forth, but yeah, to have at the time, Dunn was clearly the biggest star, you know, when that had happened. Um, and Mustache Mountain were hysterical. Uh, it, it was awesome. Like, I'm sitting there doing commentary, and and uh, Trent Seven he hits he hits the uh, the ground, and I'm like, oh, Trent Seven's uh, out here in front of us, right in front of my journalist, who was the guy I uh, previously mentioned when we were off air, uh, who run does everything. And he just pops up from in front of commentary. He's like, who's a journalist? And I'm like, Patrick, he goes, oh, I know him. And he drops back down. <laughs> like, what the hell? That, uh, the Carnies versus Mustache Mountain is a lot of Battle Club Pro fans' like favorite match because it was hysterical. It was hard hitting. It was paced well. It, stole, it told a great story. 
And, you know, those those teams have been just phenomenal for us when we use them. And you see where NXT UK has taken those those British strong style and then Pete Dunn is killing it on NXT right now. Yeah. And, you know, COVID and, and real life has kind of hit the carnies a little harder than it should have. But, you know, Nick Iggy and, you know, the, the dog faced gargoyle uh, carry off will just they were so great when we were together. I'm, I'm hoping things can get back together because we'd love to bring them bring them back. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, the fact that every person you mentioned just there as well is, you know, a name in pro wrestling. I think it just goes to show that how I do want to talk about the coronavirus stuff as well, because I know it, it, it's sort of old hat, but it ties into our story. And of course, it directly affected your business. Um, but how hard is it just to run a promotion in New York in general? Like, is there, because obviously, you know, America is massive compared to the UK, right? So you do, you get some competition over here, but it's pretty dumb because it's like, oh, you're also running a village hall, are you? It's like, it's not like everyone's running Wembley every week. You know, they're reserved for the for the height of heights. Where obviously, you have so many more places you can run. And it's such a different atmosphere and different community. How on earth do you sort of get a footing? And then how do you keep building on it? So, um... For me, it was really important once I was in charge to try to do different, uh, run different venues than normal. We had started in this really amazing black box theater that if we pushed it, held 140 people, but it was tight. Yeah, right now with good, COVID, yeah. we can never run there again. It's got to yeah. be more, more open. There's this, uh, you know, I would say it's Northeast famous venue in Jersey, which is where we're going to be running again on May 29th. Um, the Knights of Columbus right off Bergen Avenue. And a lot of people run there because it's a, it's a great spot. You have a big locker room. It's, it's wide open, you know, uh, there's a bar attached to it and, you know, alcohol never hurts from indie wrestling. Um, <laughs> but you know, like I said, I've tried to, to be different. So at the school I currently work in, we've had two shows, which was outdoor, which was incredible because the way the school looks, it, it kind of looks like a castle and it's just surrounding the wrestling ring. Um, that famous picture of Layla Hirsch doing a moonsault, like it's my favorite picture of all time, uh, was taken at the school. And then also uh, about 10, 15 minutes from where I live, there's this uh, gym that is only a basketball court. And, you know, basketball is huge in New York. So they try to get these young kids involved in, you know, seminars and training sessions. So we use that venue for WCW1. And that was incredible, again, because it was something different. People didn't really know it two locker rooms but yeah it, it's a hassle to run in new york because you know you got to have license and insurance and an ambulance and doctors and the commission can shut you down if you sneeze the wrong way luckily you know they've been really good with us even though we've we've, we've towed that line with some pretty risky bumps and stuff <laughs> uh but we haven't been shut down uh the, the night we crowned anthony bowen's uh our, our our franchise champion the commissioner wanted to shut us down there's someone i never saw before he wanted to shut us down because bowens and shane mercer did a spot where they threw him off a pillar if they fell the wrong way they would have fell 20 feet to their death probably because there were spikes on the other side but they did it safely but the commission was like i'm gonna shut you down so i literally i didn't see the end of the match and i couldn't do commentary because I was stalling him until the finish of the match. <laughs> I was like, you can't shut us down. Like, and I was I was trying to throw these things. And I'm like, it's, it's padded. It's not concrete. They were safe. They've been trained. You know, they ran this before you came here. You should have been here early. Like, I was just stalling and stalling and stalling until Bowens had won the match. Um, but it, it can be a pain. Usually, usually the commission's pretty good as long as the fans aren't in trouble. 
as long as it's not overly dangerous. Um, there is a mix up, you know, because once New York legalized MMA, the commission took all combat sports and just put them yeah. together. And, you know, we all know that the nature of the business, it's choreographed, it's, 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 you know, it's designed to have a certain outcome. Yes, they're the, you know, some of the greatest athletes in the world, but there's a, to get to the finish, it's directed there. Um, so they lumping it in with actual combat sport does it an injustice because now you're holding them to a standard that isn't necessarily true. So it, it, it becomes, it becomes a, a pain in the butt. And then right before COVID, apparently they were trying to push for combat insurance, which is infinitely more expensive than event insurance. Um, so it is tough. It is tough. That's why a lot of these Northeast companies run in, in states where the commission's a lot more lenient or not even existed. Like Jersey, there's no athletic commission for wrestling. No one's going to bother you there. So a lot of people run in Jersey. The venue we're going to run in, it's only about 25, 30 minutes from the Bronx, 40 minutes from Brooklyn. So it's not too inconvenient. But, you know, as with most things, you want to bring where you've grown up. Like you want to bring it to, to where you where you are, because this is who I am now. And I'm bringing it to who I was and I'm trying to combine my worlds. That's too, I, I love it, man. You speak with so much passion about it, man. It's what it's just, it's the way it's got to be. Like it's absolutely the way it's got to be just to, you know, do what you love. So tying into that, man, I mean, you last, when did you last run a show? I mean, again, you're coming back on late May, but when was the one before that? The last show was uh, January 4th, 2020. I mean, that's... Um, and that was awesome, you know, going into it, kind of worried, but then sales at the, the door were, were fine. You know, we had a bunch of bangers. Uh, Jessica Havoc versus Nick Gage was incredible. Uh, Anthony Bowens uh, defended his franchise title against Jordan Grace, which was incredible. Oh, yeah, that's great. Like, yeah. It was it was so awesome to have, you know, so many stars on the show and just, you know, be cool. And it sucked because the plan was to go from January to something in April for, for Mania Week, which would have been WCW2, Women Crush Wednesday Part 2, and then something in May, and then Jobber Slam, where you would have had your match, which is in July. Uh, and you know, the, the hope for 2020 was to run six, maybe even seven shows. We usually run between three and five, but yeah. I was going to go full force with it. So yeah, COVID, COVID screwed the pooch real hard with that. No, it does. I was looking forward to that. I mean, me and Mr. Mr. Wilkins, we, 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 we you know, ran each other up online. We, we prodded the bear. We had done, <laughs> we had done it all, which was, and I look, you know, just to completely tear down the wall. But as I always say, if Stone Cold Steve Austin can do it, I think I can do it. You know, it was, it was so much exciting, like in Twitter DMs or, you know, wherever else we were, we were chatting about how cool, how cool this could be. And then for all of a sudden to, 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 to go away, it was just like, oh man, it's just, I can't, I still, even now, even now after 12 months or a bit longer, I still can't believe it because right. it was such, it was such a cool idea. And the event was called Jobber Slam. This is right yeah. up my alley, man. This is the kind of nonsense that I love. Well, you know, Wilkins, Wilkins with his team, Mr. Black, Janelle from HR. Yeah. You know, they run Jobber Tears podcast course, because, yeah. you know, as, as fickle as the fans can be when they do cry, you call them Jobber Tears or whatever. <laughs> and, and sometimes they cry about anything. But it was a, it's a, it's a, it's a really, their podcast is really like culturally more geared towards the New York crowd. But it was wonderful to see someone I've known going on 10 years now doing something he loved and he started pursuing wrestling and it was kind of like a Mr. Biz, uh, not Mr. Uh, a bizarro Superman kind of thing. Like these guys are very similar, <laughs> but they're very different at the same time. And it just like, 
it just popped in my head. It was the same, it was the same feeling I had, you know, when when booking uh Diamante and Tasha, like they're super similar, but they're super different. I'd love to see the two in the ring. And you know, I was just I I threw it out there, I was like, hey, you know, I run this and are you interested? And you were like, when you answered, I was like, oh man, he's just not oh, just gonna note them. I mean, that was great. Oh, dude, I no, dude, I was pumped, man, because obviously, like you say, the stories were identical, doing something else around in wrestling, and then decide, you know what, one day I'm gonna be a wrestler. <laughs> Screw this. Right. So to be able to tell again, I don't want to sound like a stereotypical idiot, but telling the stories is the best bit. Like I learned that right. very quickly that the coolest moments you have in a ring is when you think, oh, we should tell this story. And then someone comes up to you and go, oh, I really understood the story. You're just like, yes, success. <laughs> I did. Right. So, and that one tells itself, right? Which means you can have even more fun with it because you don't even have to overthink it too much. Just like, okay, right. he's, he's training to do this. I've done this. So there can be a bit of back and forth. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what you're talking about. So, right. Yeah, right. No, I, I would have loved it. But again, the world is slowly opening up again soon. And like you mentioned, you've got some... You've got some events coming up, so you never know. All I need is a green light from some from Boris Johnson, the UK there Prime you go. Minister. All open I need it back is, up. Yeah, that's all even I need. Even if it's just for Simon, just open it back <laughs> up. <laughs> well, this is the thing, right? Because obviously someone like Pac, you know, AEW, um, he's able to, to fly back and forth because we can fly for, for work reasons. Um, but again, just to let everybody else, I mean, everyone, most people know this, you know, when wrestlers, when wrestlers travel aboard, most of them go there for a holiday and then they just so happen to have a wrestling match. That's just what, right. Yeah, that's just what people right. do. Because, and also because, you know, unless you're a super successful, again, again, unless you're like Pac, you're not going to be on a, a contract or anything like that because the right. indie wrestling works. So right. it's such, it such a gray area at the moment, which makes it, makes it even worse. But uh, again, the cool thing is, Obviously, you guys are opening back up in May, which is awesome. I've had a few offers over here for later in the year. So we're starting to see, all right, maybe some normality is gonna gonna start, you know, coming back into the into the ether. And then how many shows do you want to try and run? Are you just gonna start with the a couple and then see what happens? So or? this year, uh, so we're actually gonna on May 29th, we're actually gonna run two shows. Uh, May the franchise reign will be a two-part show. There's gonna be an early session you know, a decent enough break to give the fans some time to move, some time to eat, you know, get those, get that blood flowing. And then we'll have a late session to crown the champion. Um, and then after May, I think the, the natural, the natural progression would be to try to run jobber slam actually. Uh, so I mean, like I'm hoping those borders open back up, man, because that, <laughs> that match is something I want to see. It really is. Dude, me too. And I know people listen. To, I know, I, I know I have quite a lot of American listeners to this podcast. So again, make, will it, will it over that end of as well? Everyone just throw your will into a big pot. Yes, unless yes, yes. Like, a, like a spirit bomb for Goku. Yeah, yeah. Just throw your hands up and get that, that, that border open. But yeah, ideally we would do jobber slam and then we would try to get WCW part two. And a lot of people were excited for that. Kylie Ray just announced she's coming back to wrestling. Hopefully yeah. she would still be interested in running with us for WCW too. Um, and then we would do our five-year anniversary show. We didn't get to do a four-year anniversary show because of COVID. So yeah, it would be, uh, it'd be incredible to just run that many shows safely for following all protocols and, and getting everything back into business because, you know, like you said, it's passion. You know, you don't just do this. Um, at the end of the day, I don't, necessarily ever gain actually anything financially it's just here is me on a canvas using incredibly talented athletes to show what my vision of pro wrestling would be and i want to get back to that yeah hell yeah dude i love it do you have any okay this is this is far too negative a question but you're going to have a better idea understanding of it than me 
do you have any worry that sort of people are going to be again it's the wrestlemania debate right do you have any worry that people are going to be a bit tentative about coming back to shows just because we've had a year of stay away stay away and that kind of mentality beaten into them well i i think in the northeast uh we've been really safe about it yeah um up until recently like manhattan was a ghost town like that's almost sacrilegious to say that you could walk into Manhattan and barely see people on the street. Yeah. Now that the weather is turning, the vaccine has been rolled out and a lot of people are getting vaccinated. Um, I think there, there's a lot less, you know, trepidation to do so. Um, but like I said, we're going to make it so that when we run, we're COVID safe. We're, we're going to have industrial strength, air purifiers, hand sanitizers. We'll hand out KN95 masks on our own dime. Like we're going to make sure the crowd is safe. The workers are safe, sponsors, staff, we're all safe. Um, and we just hope that people would want to come out. Um, but the wrestling industry has changed because of COVID. So streaming is now a huge thing, you know, having content to put out yeah, yeah, constantly. Yeah. Uh, it was always a part of the business, but now it's, it's hyper-focused because of the way things are. So, you know, that is in the works for us, doing something where we can constantly have content um i'm really excited about that i just got to make sure all the you know all the paperwork's done but you know hopefully we can announce that uh, you know before the may show what it is we're trying to do going forward but yeah uh if i can get the right people with the right technology the show would be able to stream and you know hopefully i get some buys from over in your part of the world that'd be great you definitely I, would, man, right? If you put again, it's all about you know, this is about putting on a good show, right? Wrestling fans right. will buy it and they do it all the right. time. Like, I'm always amazed. I mean, I'm more aware of it now because you know, the more you get into it, the more you learn about it. But I didn't know what stardom was before what three, four years ago, and now stardom selling pay per views, <laughs> you know. And right. again, I was listening earlier to the Wrestling Observer, they're not doing crazy numbers, but they're doing crazy numbers for them. Right? right. And really, that's just a niche product. Like my mate um, is a massive casual wrestling fan. But if I say, have you watched Stardom? He'll look at me like with a, with a strange look. <laughs> on his face. And that's because there's this incredible hardcore niche that you can sell. They'll sell any wrestling product to as long as it looks good on paper. So, dude, I think it's right. a great idea. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's the goal. You know, for since its inception, and this is what Carlos has always preached to me, it's about putting the best product out there without losing anything yeah. you might not gain anything but to have the fans satisfied to have all the workers paid and to have content that you can be proud of that is a win you know money isn't everything and, and a lot of people might look at me like well if you're in the business shouldn't be you be trying to make profit yes that's the goal eventually but i'd rather have something that i'm constantly proud of and not losing anything when i do what i gotta do hell yeah man i was exactly the same for me like I don't know if we, I have to talk to Wilkins about this, but one of the problems I, not problems, I totally got it, is that I wouldn't get booked on some shows because they thought I was going to ask for like an incredible amount of money. <laughs> I was like, okay, one, I think you've kind of misinterpreted what I do <laughs> for a living, <laughs> but also treat me for what I am, which is an inexperienced right. green wrestler. What are you paying everybody else? Just pay me that. And you know, that you know, everyone knows the joke about, especially in the UK, you know, you get a pack of Skittles and a handshake and it's oh, a little, and, and hot dog over here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> hot dog and a handshake. And you, you get a little bit more than that, obviously, but it's not the right. point. Like it's not the point. Like you do it because when it and don't get me wrong, sometimes it goes bad and it's awful. You're like, oh man, that was terrible because we're all human. But when it goes right, 
you know yeah it, it doesn't even matter even yeah. if you got in and yeah. it's a long drive and you think oh actually maybe i lost a bit of money on that one right you don't want to do that you got to be smart financially but it's the right. overwhelming feeling of satisfaction it gives you you're kind of like you know what <laughs> it's not who cares man <laughs> you know and for me like yeah I hear, I hear i totally hear you so like i've reached out to wrestlers and i'm like how long was your drive here how much was your transportation what are you getting after everything and they're like oh it was like a ten dollar loss and i was like what and i i, I rectify that right there like i i never I want anyone man, to take dude. an l and i swear like i'm everyone's i'm everyone's favorite promoter because the before the first bell rings everyone has their envelope full of everything they asked for that's, but that's how you should do the business yeah. like that's you know the goal with battle club and eventually with if everything goes the way it want it should go hopefully it does go is to put the pro back in professional wrestling like if you're gonna come off as a professional company a professional wrestler you should be treated as such you should carry yourself as such and you know oh, totally man yeah. when you when you work your nine to five you get a paycheck you have sick days you have leave like you need to be understanding of that just because this person can't be on this one time and you're trying to tell a story with them well then you re you reconnect once they're available. You make sure they're taken care of. You make sure they're safe. You make sure they're comfortable. And that's that's what we've always tried to do, man. And, you know, paydays are always a touchy subject with workers. <laughs> but, you know, you never want to cheat anybody. But you also want to do, you know, like show them, hey, this is what I'm trying to showcase. This is what I'm trying to do. Let's work together. And it's worked for me, I, I would say. I would say more often than not, I've gotten, okay, I'll do this for you. I've heard nothing but good things, which makes me feel like I'm doing something right. Yeah. That's so refreshing though, man, because again, I don't want to get too much into this. We've talked about it on the show before. Obviously over here, uh, I, I, I'm sure it did do the, the the rounds, but you can easily miss these kind of things as well. We had the whole uh, speaking out you know, yeah. scandal, you know, which was, you know, obviously it's, 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 it's far bigger things going on, you know, especially when it came to the treatment of obviously women professional wrestlers, but sort of a, subsector of that was also mm -hmm. this kind of bullying culture as well with exactly what you just said which is like i can't ask for my money because what if i don't get booked again i can't say no to this booking because what if i don't get booked again even when it could have been a job problem a family problem or just life being an ass and being right. like sorry you know i'm not going to make this easy for you and right. you know i i didn't experience it that much um i'm clearly very very lucky but i wasn't you know i wasn't really doing it for as long as you know some of the other people were right but when you hear you know messages like that from your good self it, you know that's it's exactly the way that it should be because it almost negates everything else if you can tackle it that way because you have a professional environment everything's going to be professional and i won't drop names but i was at a show once uh for a relatively reputable company and there was a massive row beforehand about why this guy hadn't paid this dude and why this guy hadn't paid that dude and it's just aside from it being unprofessional again that's the only word i can think of it sets a real bad tone to everybody else yeah. like when you because these yeah. two were just rowing by the ring so everyone else is right. like uh you know and you don't want that especially not when you're going into a uh, i don't know the right word would be we'll just go with match but a match where everybody's trying to work together right we're all trying to put yeah. together to have the best yeah. show when there's a bit of animosity it takes right. away the the joy from it man so i think it's awesome dude i think that's 100 percent the way people should be approaching it Right. You know, it, trust is something that takes a whole lot of effort to gain and one simple mistake to lose. Yeah. And if you're coming to work with us and we're not providing you your envelope and, or giving you some sob story about how the house was like, <laughs> you wouldn't you wouldn't want to work with me again. You wouldn't want to, you know, take your time 
you'd want to take your talent somewhere else. So that's why, you, at least on our end, we do everything we can to make sure everyone's taken care of. You know, and it's happened where you, you just miss something and then the guy's like, hey, I didn't get this. Immediately, hey, here you go. I'm sorry. You send it. You know, that's another, again, technology is so huge now. Aside from just being able to promote things, just making sure you're, you know, everything is, is, is tight. You know, like that bond is there and it's steady. Yeah. No, dude, I love it, man. It's, uh, I don't, this, this can make, make me sound a bit like an idiot, but yeah, I can tell just talking to you through DMs and stuff, man. You know, you can, you can tell. Like, I've talked to some people and you get like three word answers. You're like, okay, sorry. <laughs> sorry <laughs> yeah. to take away your precious time. I thought we were right, having a chat. Right, right, so, so yeah. I, I love it like that, man, because again, I have the benefit of coming in, or there's, there's pros and cons, but I have the benefit of coming out a little bit older, a little bit more life experience. But if you're walking in a locker room at 20 years old, especially based on the stereotypes of wrestling, that's terrifying. Yeah. That is terrifying. Right. You've got dudes right. that want to intimidate you. Again, I think that's right. died down a lot now, but I'm talking, you know, uh, a right. few years ago. And if you're not prepared right. for that, mentally, it will, it will crush you because you're just a right. human. Exactly. And, and then, could, you know, just imagine being a, a, a female or a person of color or you know, someone of the LGBT community, like you've already experienced oppression yeah. on the world level. And now you're sitting there trying to, you're, you're trying to pursue your dream and to have it in the locker room. Like, you know, the speaking out movement was, it was hard to see some people being called out because you, you expect a certain reputation for, you know, the connection to their work. But then you realize it, it needed to be done. There needed to oh, be a yeah. cleanse. It, there needed to be a cleanse, you know? Things uh, I, I I love listening to ESPN in the morning and and Chris Canty often says just because that's the way things have always been done doesn't mean it's right and that's the truth yeah that's absolutely the truth women have you know been just downplayed for far too long the whole diva thing like that's a thing in, of itself but like these are top notch athletes and I always liken it to the WNBA if you want to watch an a basketball game be played fundamentally correct watch the women do it they make the extra pass they go with the play that's going to score the basket they play defense hard and you translate that to life who's your go-to person when you're a child mom who's the person that when you're an adult and maybe mom's not around you open up to your girlfriend it's women <laughs> have true, always yeah. you know what i'm saying it's truth women have been the the rock of everything so I've when once once it was under me, I've tried to do my best to showcase women in all the best lights possible because that's that's what I've known. You know, I my mom was incredible, incredible, you know, single mom, four kids. She did everything she could to make sure we had it all. So like I'm gonna I'm gonna give you guys that because that's what I know. Love it, man. This is good positive vibes, dude. I couldn't agree more. And I think that's a benefit of the pandemic stuff is hopefully when everyone does open back up again, we've learned from this stuff more, especially over here, I guess more, I don't know the right word would be, but just more checks are in place, you know, to right. ensure that no right. crazy people are running around doing things that they... Is this, is this PG? Is this a PG uh, podcast or... Nah, nah, you can say whatever you want. So my, my favorite saying is we got to get the carny shit out of wrestling. Yes. <laughs> we got to get the carny shit out of wrestling. And this is a conversation. This is... For me, at least, I, I don't know if she would say it, but like I've had the conversation with Swole. It's just it's been far too long. There has been no professionalism in pro wrestling, yeah. and that doesn't make sense. And it's got to start with getting the carnage shit out. Yeah, you'll have the things that are that are okay, like kayfabe and you know ribs or whatever. 
but bullying, you know, downplaying someone's talent, politics like that needs to go. Yeah, no, I totally, I couldn't agree more. Like when, um, again, slight tangent, when uh, that whole debate came out about The Undertaker saying, oh, you know, back in my day, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, nah, I don't really care. Like he's, he's a, he's a, in a nice way, he's an elderly gentleman. Every elderly right. gentleman says that. It's right. always better back in their day. Right. But it really reminded me when I was, Again, my very first foray when I was sort of in my in my in my late teens, I thought I'm going to be a wrestler. I remember reading a wrestling book, and it was so I can't remember what book it was. It was Mankind or whoever the hells had come out, and um, I remember reading about the backstage environment at that point. And I remember audibly saying out loud, I couldn't survive this. <laughs> like, you know, I'd, I'd be burned alive. Like, this is, right. this sounds like school. And I hated school. Right. So I, right. I want to go back to this. Right. And there's nothing wrong with sort of like, you know, large parts of it, but it's when it crosses over that line. And that's yeah. such a shame because, again, I'm not referencing myself here, but you do not want to chase away people that could go on to make a serious difference in wrestling just right. because they may be a little bit more sensitive than somebody else, right? Because who gives right. a crap? What difference right. does it make? It's about their talent right. and skill. So, right. Yeah, everything you said, man, I couldn't agree with more. Of course, of course. And that's another thing. Like, the, the, just because the old guard is reluctant to let go, you know, I, I'll liken it to politics. Like, people in their 60s, 70s, and 80s shouldn't be making decisions for the future they're not going to see. <laughs> exactly. It's stone cold to say, but it's true. Like, people in that 20 to 40s age range should be the people making decisions. And that's how it should be for wrestling. You know, you do get some um, forward-thinking progressive promoters who are on the, the the older side of life, but you should be listening to the younger crowd because that's the people you're playing to. That's the ones you want at the events. Yeah. We're going to be buying your merch or you know your talents merch, buying your streams, like sharing your content. That's the you know the demographic, the the eighteen to thirty four demographic that everyone loves to talk about. But that's who you should play to, and that's who you should be listening to. Yeah. is the kids coming up because they're going to know what they like. They're going to know what their friends like. And if you want to make, give them a product they're looking forward to, then you got to listen to them. Yeah, dude, spawn now on the head. Couldn't agree with you more, man. It's the, exactly the kind of way I hope uh, wrestling goes in general. I loved it before I did, but there were certainly things that even I was a bit like, man, this makes it a lot right. harder than it needs to be. Yeah. You know, I remember again, one <laughs> I give you this short version. One conversation I had with somebody when I was doing the driving for a show and somebody was a little bit late and their, their advice was, well, let's just leave them. I was like, no, <laughs> they just, they could be, they could be ill. They may have had a personal problem. Let's give them at least 20, 30 minutes. And then maybe we'll try and figure out if they're okay. As opposed right. to just, let's leave them. I remember I, 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 it's just not my nature at all. So I was right. like, wow, that's, that's a crazy thing to say. Uh, dude, with your promoter hat on as well, I do want to talk about Fastlane quickly because yeah. um, two, twofold, twofold. Obviously, I, I made no qualms about it. I understand why they did it. They're testing the whole Peacock thing. That's why Fastlane was brought into existence. You don't want your stream to go down on WrestleMania, but if it dies on right. Fastlane, who gives a crap? Right. But, and I thought it was a fun show. Like, I enjoyed myself. You know, there's a it lot was. of dumb stuff on there that made me laugh, which is the other point two of my question. Um, but what, how did you kind of take to it as well? I mean, I look, content is fine, whatever. We pay 10 bucks and we get a show. I can't get mad, but I did. It's the first time in ages I watched a pay-per-view. I was like, this is raw. This is raw. We're just setting up matches well, for something it else. Was, it was a little more than raw because the 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 blow-off, I guess you, you would call it, with Drew and Sheamus. Oh, yeah, brilliant, so, brilliant. You yeah. know, whenever you, you're talking about a story that's 20 years in the making, you know, it did kind of come really quickly, the turn on, on Drew. The, it wasn't built to it. It's just like, 
hey, I'm going to kick my best friend. Um, it was a quick, but it was, it was that was good. Um, you did get the, the surprise pop and, 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 and like, oh my God moment when, when the fiend came back and that was, it was a bit better, you know, it was, it was multiple fireballs from Alexa Bliss. Um, so it was a bit more than raw, but I get what you're saying because it was more of a pay-per-view to set up what we're really going to. Um, so I, I understand what you get, but it was, it was entertaining and, and Roman and, and, and Daniel went, it went about 30 solid minutes, man. And and they were able to tell a story and you still get that, that slow build to have Jay becoming something more than a tag team specialist. So that was really good. Um, I'm really hoping they they ramp up the Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks thing because it it was like it was huge that yes Belair won the Rumble and she's gonna face Banks and then it went kind of quiet and then they did the same thing where oh we're gonna team them up to try to take the titles but for some reason they didn't give them the titles every other time they've done it they've actually <laughs> given the titles to the challenger so they didn't so do true. it this time um, but now that hopefully that's done. Like they can build, they can spend the next three weeks actually building because it's it's monumental, you know. Um, going back to what we said, like oppression is it sucks and it should absolutely change, you know. Women, period, have dealt with it, but now you've got women of color who deal with it on a different level. To have these two women of color in a very prominent match at WrestleMania, it means a lot because representation matters. Dude, so I'm man. hoping that they really build to that match because those are two of the best performers they have, you know, anyone with the athletic prowess of Bel Air and then someone who's inspired by one of the greatest of all time, Eddie Guerrero and Sasha Banks, like that match has money written all over it. So push that forward. Yeah, dude, I I couldn't agree with you more. And I think that was my, when I was twofold with the tag team stuff, A, they just do it too much for me. Yeah. That women's championship and tag team has just been wrapped up for ages. And after a while, you're like, well, I'm just bored of it because it's the same (laughs) with anything. But it was that the bigger reason was it's like you got Bianca Belair, clearly a superstar. You got Sasha Banks, who, you know, one of the best wrestlers there is. You can't argue that because look at her body of work. That's all I need. Now they're going to fight. And it's probably, in my opinion, should be the main event of night one of WrestleMania. But who the hell knows? It should. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because if you have two nights, you've got to spread the wealth and you have to make sure you connect with everybody for what's this 36, 37 WrestleManias. Yeah. Like for far too long, the main event has been cisgender white man versus cisgender white man. Let's, let's do it. Let's do, let's do something different. Like even Batista, when he was in the triple threat and he put Daniel over, that was refreshing yep. because it was someone who was Hispanic main eventing. So like, Absolutely. I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. That needs to be the main event of night one, because then you give something to the younger generation to hope for yeah. and to push for and to be like, that person looks like me. That means I can do it. That, that's it, man. Took the words out of my mouth. And I, even though I'd actually push for it on a one night WrestleMania, right? I think it's cool. I think it's different. I've seen, yeah. I've seen it all up before. But I right. think when it comes to a two-night WrestleMania, it's almost how can you argue it? Because right. you don't need to have the exact same show on both nights. It's why, I mean, this isn't the same kind of thing, but just from a refreshing point of view, I remember last year when the Boneyard match went on last, I was like, what? At first, it's yeah. like, you can't end WrestleMania with a... I was like, of course you can. That was fun. That was stupid. That was dumb. Right. And it was The Undertaker and AJ Styles. Like, it was, I had no issues with it. And in right. that moment, I was like, just give me... I don't care if I like it or not. Just give me different stuff. Like, you're yes. not making the content yes. for me. Just think right. outside the box and then see what right. happens, right? Like, 
but and then the other thing is you don't necessarily as a fan you don't know if you like it until you get it exactly like who thought taker in a cinematic match would work but it, it absolutely did and then you realize well he's been doing cinematic things for the last 30 years of course it was a natural fit and aj styles you know cm punk is my favorite wrestler of all time but i always argue that aj styles is the greatest wrestler i've ever seen because he's gone everywhere and shot straight to the main event and yep. adapted to each company's style. So true. And that's something that's tough. You, you know, to go to, you know, you're in Japan and you give, you know, Okada a hell of a ride. Then you come over and you're supposed to have an eight minute throw off with Lesnar, but that eight <laughs> minutes was incredible. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like he adapts and makes everyone look like gold. I'll, I'll you know, it, it, it's hard because people will be like, well, what about Shawn Michaels? Of course he's Mr. WrestleMania. He's got the charisma, you know, he's got the charismatic factor over AJ, but AJ's work is just like, man, you know, hot knife through butter, super smooth. Well, I mean, it's like what you just said, right? Shawn Michaels was a WWE guy, which, you know, right. I totally get it. Top is No one's bigger than WWE. Right. So it's incredible. He was able to have that high level the whole time. But again, with these arguments, you can always throw in counterpoints. And like you just said, yeah, but AJ did it everywhere. You know, everywhere. It's, like, everywhere. it's like I don't know how much you follow soccer, but it's the Lionel Messi Ronaldo debate. That's what everyone uh -huh. says. People go, Yeah, but Messi only been at Barcelona because Ronaldo's done it everywhere. So it's a good point. And that, you know, that, that applies to everybody. And um, yeah. talking about things that not everybody likes, you, you mentioned the fiend returning as a piece of charcoal or whatever that yeah. <laughs> it was meant to be. Skeletor, as you put it, right? <laughs> yeah. Skeletor? yeah, it did. It did. It looked just like Skeletor from He Man Master of the Universe, which is why <laughs> I, I loved it. It's, it kind of ties into everything I just said. I enjoy it when I'm watching it, but if somebody gave me a magic wand and said, Simon, do you want to keep it or get rid of it? I'd say, well, I'd probably change it quite a lot. You know, it's not really... Because when The Fiend came out of the floor, I laughed. I'm like, I don't think I'm meant to be... I'm meant to be laughing, but more power to Bray Wyatt for coming up with this bonkers-ass story that's got... I mean, Alexa Bliss is pinning Randy Orton. A dude got set on fire. Now, all of a sudden, we can shoot lightning bolts from our hand. Right. Like, you know what? I'm having fun. I mean, it's crazy, but well, my point is that what do you think of the new version of The Fiend? Because my issue, issue's the wrong word. That's way too strong. My concern with it is you get through WrestleMania, you have the Firefly Funhouse match or whatever going to do. Is he still going to be a burned guy? Because <laughs> eventually you have to keep telling that story, right? Because if you just start well, and he's not feuding with Orton, it's like, why is he burned? So, well, I mean, if you're talking actual science, He's a piece of charcoal now, but hopefully he turns into a diamond in a few months. That's genius. Um, That's genius. But you know what? I So Bray did what any wrestler, any company, any promoter, anyone would do in the situation. Undertaker's retired. Kane, I guess, is retired. That supernatural factor is no more. Here's my avenue to explore and be creative and be different. Um, the burnt thing, you know, it's weird because the mask, <laughs> you can kind of see he's perfectly fine in one eye. I don't understand why he put makeup on one side and not the other, but like it, it's going to fulfill a purpose. It's going to fill a purpose. It's going to be like, here's, here's that, you know, over the top part of WWE content because everybody's got to have it. You know, it, it can't be where here's 15 matches and that's it. There's no story yeah. or anything. Yeah. You got to do something different. You got to be, you got to be funny. And that's what I, that's what I love about the theme thing because it's, it's comedic, it's horror, it's suspense. And then when he actually straps on his boots, it's like, I can go. So you're getting everything all encompassed. He can do a promo. 
so it works. And then what is over a lot of people's head is that was actually an intergender match on a pay-per-view. On WWE pay-per-view. Right. (laughs) Alexa Bliss in the record books beat Randy Orton. So like it's, it's, it's serving a purpose. What I, I would hope like you, like, you know, in in a while, maybe he kind of heals and he's no longer a piece of charcoal, but it it fills a purpose. It was nice. And, and the build, see the way that was built is how I'm hoping Bel Air and Banks is built. Like it got built over time. Like, you know, Alexa was, and it was a continuation. Alexa started becoming obsessed with the fiend and she started changing. Randy sets the fiend on fire and Alexa's like, you took away my friend and she's been haunting him. That storytelling, it does, it's not for everybody, but you know what? A lot of people do like it because they yeah. turned in. Oh, dude, honestly, man, I, I say every time when I talk about it, even if I don't, even if I think they swing and a miss, at least it doesn't get dropped. Like Raw Underground. Right. Where, did, right. where, where did Raw Underground right. go? I don't even know. Right. And that's why, I like, that's why I like the fact that everyone's like, oh, I can't believe we blew the whole retribution angle off on the pre-show. I was like, dudes, at least we blew it off. Like, right. Know, right. They could have just dropped that like a bad habit. And they, the retribution right. thing had issues. We all know the deal. Never really, right. you know, constructed how we could have hoped. Wait, we got an ending. We got a start. We got a middle. We got an ending. Was it great? Not particularly. But I'd much prefer to have my chapters have a last page. Right. As opposed to like Raw Underground's book, you just get to page 32 and then it would just be emptiness. Like, right. What the it's, hell it, happened? It's, it's like it's like a great TV show just getting canceled without having, having a finale. Like yeah, Game right. of Thrones. Everybody hated the end, but at least it ended. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it'd be like watching Game of Thrones and then Cersei just turns up in another program. You're like, like yeah. Shane McMahon, like, wait, you were running Raw Underground. What's he doing? Uh, I, uh, the Shane He's McMahon. on like Doctor Who. And it's like, is that Cersei? Yeah. <laughs> but this, yeah, I do like it. It does, I like how I like we can have these kind of conversations. It's yeah. a, it's a unique form of entertainment, not even professional wrestling. WWE. It is right. a form of entertainment onto itself. And yeah, that's why it I get a kick out of it. There's always something to talk about. Um, just before we do have to start wrapping up, I know that we wanted to talk about Britt Baker and uh, Thunder Rosa from last uh, week for Dynamite. We haven't actually talked about that on the show. I, the two things that I took away from it, uh, one, Britt Baker is, I mean, Thunder Rosa is anyway, but we know this, but the whole Britt Baker story, just complete star. I mean, I wouldn't say in the making, finished, done. Yeah, yeah she's, she's you know, now let, let's send her to the to the moon. But also, again, kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier, how awesome to not only have a main event that was focused on uh, women, and of course the dream is to get to the point where women focus, nobody says anything, because it's normal, right. like, natural. But to allow, I mean, I've never seen it. I know it does happen in Japan, but I can only watch so much wrestling. I've never seen a women's match that violent before. And I know it's not to everybody's taste, but that's more the hardcore thing, not being everyone's taste. I think if you're going to be able to do these death matches for men, you've got to be able to do it for, you know, for, for women as well. And that's kind of the, that was one of the things that really kind of hit me was I kept writing these notes saying the most brutal women's match I've ever seen. And I was like, that's not great. <laughs> it should just be brutal match, full stop. Right. You know, and you, right. kind of, you kind of, and you do do those things. I and mean, we do need to sign and move out of them. But I just thought it was, I just thought it was terrific fun. Don't get me wrong. They went too far sometimes for my tastes, but it was still brilliant. Like it was still excellent. But yeah, brilliant. Brilliant is a perfect word because like my thing is, you know, whenever I'm talking to a talent, my thing is it's always the little things that catch people's eye and be like, oh man. And then you stick out. So like for me, when, when Brit had her in the submission and she simply rolled her on to the the tax to get out. Brilliant. 
that was absolutely genius. You didn't have to do anything crazy. You rolled her on some taxes. She's like, oh my God, that's actually painful. Um, you know, Rebel taking the shack bump, as I'm calling it now. Oh, yeah. Was, was she took nice it, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, it, it, you know, you know, over here in South Jersey and Philly, the, the deathmatch crowd is pretty big. So it was probably tame for their, you know, yeah, for their true, liking, though, right? But, yeah, totally, yeah. Uh, but you know, you you get you build, you build, and you go from there, and you do better, and you make it more uh, of a constant thing, so that people are familiar with it, and then they can appreciate the actual storytelling in the match. You know, I uh, Thunder Rosa was part of WCW one, and it was great the match she had, and as I'll never forget, as the main event is going on. She walks by eating a New York slice and she's the happiest person in the world. She's like, I got pizza. So everyone kind of freezes and appreciates the fact that she's enjoying New York style pizza. Um, but, you know, the hope is, like you said, it becomes commonplace. So now it's just the best athlete at uh, put on the best time for what they can do the best. Um, and that's, that's the hope is that all this, you know, nonsense changes and, you know, you can have Charlotte versus, an up and coming uh, a worker as the main event of WrestleMania in a, in a year or two, and it's just like, yeah, okay, that's the best match for the show. Let's yeah. do that. Yeah, it's yeah, I, right? I totally agree. No, I love, I loved it. I mean, the bit I found most brutal as well is when they did the the Death Valley Driver onto the ladder because whether purposefully or not, it wasn't smooth, right? And no, that's what made it look worse. Yeah, it looked yes. real. It was like, yeah. oh my gosh, and they slammed their head into it. That's exactly what I uh, explain when I tell people why Punk is my favorite, because he was always sloppy and real life is always sloppy. Yeah. It's not like he was sloppy in a way that it was, oh, my God, he's no good. He was good, but he gave you like just a little tumble or you know, just the little things. It's like, oh, that makes it look realistic. Like his elbow was him like flailing down. But it's like that's how it would really happen if the yeah. normal person threw an elbow from seven feet in the air. Um, so, yeah, that's and. and that's what I thought was really beautiful about it is because it came off like a genuine fight. Like I'm going to try to hurt you and, and do my best not to hurt myself. You know, in a, in a, in a real fist to cuffs, you're not going to sit there and, and, and try to kill yourself to win the fight. Cause then what's the point of winning the fight? You want to inflict damage and, and hopefully take as less damage as possible. Yeah. But yeah, the, just those little things like the, the, the Death Valley driver where, you know, she kind of caught herself and then followed through oh, with man. it. But it was just like, oh, because you don't know if she got hurt or what the case would be. But it was it was incredible. And it was the second time that week AEW main events in women. So it's like, you know, real I was really high on them last week for that. Yeah. No, I, I think that the 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 coolest thing as we talked about is just give me new stuff all the time. And if we can work in sort of yeah, representation and whatever else we have to do in order to just make it normal. I think, you know, and that's the cool thing about going into WrestleMania is again, you've got Sasha Banks as a champ, you've got Big E as a champ, you've got um, Bobby Lashley as the champ. And it's like, it's such a, well, it's, it's good and bad again. You know, it, it's bad that we have to go, oh, sweet, we're doing this because we want to get right. to the point where it's just like, why wouldn't they be? How could, right. how, how Bobby Lashley should have been the champion a million Forever years ago. ago. Look at ago. the man. This is He's ridiculous. Yeah. He's, and you know, uh, my favorite, this is crazy because it was, uh, I, I I filmed it. Bobby Lashley faced Cole Cabana. Cole Cabana has him in the Billy Goat's curse and Lashley taps out and the crowd is like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> so Cole is celebrating and Bobby gets up and he sticks his hand out and Cole like stops and he looks at him and he goes, oh yeah. 
He reaches into his knee pad and hands him like a thousand dollars. Excellent. <laughs> like Excellent. that Excellent. is incredible. And that's what pro wrestling should be about on all levels, whether it's independent or the mainstream. Give us something new. Like you said, what's next? Yeah. What's gonna keep me coming back for more? Because this is the form of entertainment I've chose, I've chosen to love with my entire being. So keep bringing me back. Don't, you know, you know, all fandoms are fickle, whether it's Marvel, Star Wars, Game of Thrones, wrestling. Everyone has their things that they're going to nitpick. But if the majority of the fan base is satisfied because you keep providing something new, then you're doing something right. Totally, man. And you've really hit the nail on the head there because one of the things I've definitely learned or thought about during this whole downtime is about what I want to do when I go back to wrestling and realized that not massively, but beforehand, maybe I was too focused on what you think you should be doing as right. opposed to what, not what you want to do, because that's not how it works, but what you think will be good for the match in right. question and not right. worry about right. certain stereotypes and certain templates Correct. and foundations. And yeah, so, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that because again- For sure, yeah, you know, always evolving, future. always evolving. I've, uh, I told Harlow O'Hara, who was our second franchise champion, like it's your job as the creator to evolve. And that should be on all levels. Because if you're evolving, your fan base is evolving. They're evolving with you. They're appreciating the effort going forward. Yeah. You know, so that's it. it, it like you said, it's bad that in 2021, it's a, a big, it's good that it's a big thing, but you're talking 2021 that we're finally getting multiple people of color as champion when wrestling's been around forever. Yeah. 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 No, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, dude, before I let you go, Battle Club Pro, where can people find you? Where can people learn more about the promotion? And again, look, we've teased it a little bit. If everything goes okay, I may or may not be there. You just don't know. You just don't know what's yeah. gonna happen. So yeah, where can people get more information? Yeah, Battle Club Pro, uh, it's X Battle Club Pro on Twitter and Instagram. Um, Battle Club, uh, Facebook.com forward slash Battle Club Pro for the group. Um, and yeah, just, I, I do my best to interact with people. I'm my name across the board. I'm one of those weird people who has everything actually what it's the way it's supposed to be no crazy <laughs> handle i Joe appreciate the amount of times i, I, I search I for, best, you know, i'm sorry was that? That's like I said, the amount of times i try and find people on the internet and i can't because they're called like money man nine i'm like i don't right. know you're called <laughs> money man nine sorry dude keep going but yeah but yeah you know i try my best to engage with the fans engage with workers and you know we're, we're looking for sponsors because we don't know like you said what the climate's going to be with a live crowd if you're interested, uh, you know, reach out. I, I try not to shun anyone um, because I know as a, someone who was a fan not too long ago, reaching out and getting a response is a big deal. So, yeah, you know, Twitter and Instagram, I think, would be great. If we can get those followers up and get, get a, a check mark, that'd be awesome. But before we do go, it's, it's crazy because uh, I'm a huge fan of Ben Kissel. And you just did the, that podcast <laughs> with him. But I'm a fan of his because of the last podcast on the Me left. Me too, man, yeah. Right, yeah. and it's just like, when I tell people that's the kind of stuff I'm into, they're like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like- Nah, dude, it's a great show. I have, yeah, I, I have heard way too many stories about psycho killers. From right, 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 <laughs> right. But yeah, man, it, I was really, I was really happy to see that because I'm like, oh, okay, so, you know, Simon's doing something with someone who's close by and it's like, you know, when they were doing their live stuff, it was right there in Long Island City, which, you know, if, again, if everything goes right, that's going to be the new home for Battle Club Pro. Oh, that's awesome, dude. And yeah, Ben Kiss was a good dude. That was one of those yeah. when you talk about people reaching out, when they ask if I want to be on the show, I was like, dude, you don't even have to ask. 
Like, right. that was a cool opportunity. And I, I, I left that one feeling all like, oh man, sweet, did a podcast, like a tick box. Do a right. podcast with Ben Kissel, tick. Really yeah, I mean, that's still on my tick box. I guess, I guess I got to be the one that people like, oh man, let me shoot my shot, but we'll see. We'll but yeah, there, it was man. super cool to see that, man. And again, again, you're tying, you know, you're crossing, you're crossing borders. You know, this is something that was originated in, in, in right off Jackson Avenue in Long Island City. Now you're talking with me, I'm from Brooklyn, like, that's the whole thing is like with technology, we should be coming together as a planet, as a world. Like, yeah, and it, it should always be about everybody succeeding. And, and, you know, as we say in the hood, everybody should be eaten because there's more than enough on this planet for, for everyone to do so. That, I, I, if I could, I would just put the stop button there because that's the greatest ending to a podcast ever, man. That's beautiful. And I couldn't agree more. But I do want to say we are going to do a part two of this. We're going to get Sir Wilkins on as well at some point in the future. And uh, yeah, so if you want to hear more from Joe about Battle Club Pro, um, you can very, very soon. But for now, dude, thank you so much for joining me. Thank and you. absolutely blast talking to you. Thank you for being so kind as well over the last year. Because um, again, some people, especially when it comes to wrestling, are not. So that's definitely a thumbs up from me. Otherwise, again, if you are listening on well, whatever uh, platform podcast you're listening on right now, make sure you subscribe, leave a comment, do all those things for the algorithm. Uh, we've mentioned Patreon. You can check me out there. Twitter at Simon316. Make sure you check out Battle Club Pro as well. Because again, if you're interested, even if it's just to see what I'm going to do, the only way you can do it is to keep an eye on their social medias. Otherwise, we will probably smash that another episode later in the week. I hope you enjoyed Fastlane, enjoy Raw, enjoy AEW. We are on the road to WrestleMania, finally. Had to get around that little pit stop. And I will talk to you on the next one.